Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. This box, Edgar, it's not what you think it is. It was built to contain something, not of this world. By opening the box, I have released it. Release what? A demon. Demon must continue to get what it wants. It has the power to rid me of my illness. I'm not sure I can do this. Six sacrifices. And I will live. down, will you, Edgar? We're gonna finish this. Together. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 402. Out now on digital and video on demand is the Jack in the Box Awakening a horror thriller that tells the story of a dying heiress who acquires an ancient jack-in-the-box that contains a demon clown who must feast on six victims in order to cure the heiress of her illness. Featuring a frightening central monster and great use of location, the the jack-in-the-box awakening is the latest film from writer and director Lawrence Fowler. And Lawrence, I'm glad to say that you're joining me today on the podcast. I thank you so very much for your time. No problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So now for people who don't know, Jack in the Box Awakening is the sequel to Jack in the Box, which I think came out in 2020, uh, maybe 2021 mm-hmm. in some territories. Um, creating this yeah. sequel, um, did you always have an idea for a continuation of this Jack in the Box uh, uh, story? Is that something that you always had on the back burner just in case that first film did have the success that it, it, it ended up having? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think when we when we first sort of wrote and created the character and saw it brought to life so incredibly by Robert Nairn in the first first film, um, we thought the character had something and the, the kind of we wanted to investigate the law of the legend of, of the, the demon, where it came from, uh, you know, why it's here, what it's trying to achieve, all these things. I, I think as soon as we we finished the first film, we were very, very keen to to keep developing ideas for a sequel. And I think something I really was keen to with this one as well was to make a film that if people hadn't seen the first film, they weren't too lost. You know, it was mm-hmm. a case of if, if, if you hadn't seen the original film, this, you know, you hadn't had to have seen it before seeing this one. 
So, um, no, of course, it was great fun to work on the first one. As you say, it did come out, you know, it was a couple of years ago now, but even today it's just got a release in, in cinemas in Mexico. So the, it just continues to go. So, uh, no, it's, it's all very good. You mentioned before about um, how this film kind of delves into the history of the, the Jack monster character. Um, so in, in certain ways, it's a kind of a prequel. It's kind of like flashbacks and stuff. You know, I've talked to um, some filmmakers and, and in regards to that context of film. They, they talk about how they might have um, backstories for, for their characters. They might have notes. They might have uh, diaries. Do you keep things like that for your character of Jack? Do you have kind of like a whole backstory that you kind of can pick up, pick on and, and now always kind of developing, always kind of like this, uh, always kind of like working on the evolution of who this uh, Jack um, character is? Absolutely. Yeah, we keep... Uh all sorts of uh, notes and, and ideas and in, in books and you know just every time a new idea comes to us it's good to keep a record off so you don't forget them of course but um, a lot of the the backstory comes from you know ideas and, and beliefs of reality things like the idea you know the, the true origin of the jack-in-the-box is, is argued and um, some think it started from a legend of a demon trapped in an old boot others mm-hmm. think it started a bit more innocently and just you know children's toys and things like that so it, it's kind of been interesting to kind of you know fuse a few of these different ideas together and come up with uh, something that we thought was a bit fresh and original to the you know to the creepy clown subgenre and um but uh yeah it's been real fun to come up with you know crazy you know different ideas of where, of where jack came from and, and uh, what his purpose is so i was listening to an interview that you gave recently um and you talked about how it wasn't necessarily a horror movie to kind of inspire you to become a filmmaker. It was, it was the film The Dark Knight, the, the Christopher Nolan yeah. Batman <laughs> film, which I think came out like yeah. 2008 or something. Now, that film right. isn't, isn't a horror movie, but it does feature a clown in The Joker, of course. Um, yeah. What is it about, you? do you think, is about that kind of figure, the clown, that really kind of, I don't know, just gives people a certain amount of dread because the intention of the clown is the exact opposite, right? I mean, it's there mm. for entertainment. It's there for like, you know, the silliness and slapstick, but it's certainly has over the last few years, I think kind of like grown um, in, especially in a horror genre to be like this kind of macabre figure. Where do you think that kind of that fear comes from? I and mean, do you share that kind of fear? Do you have your own kind of phobias in regards to clowns? Because I must confess that I have a little bit of it myself. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yes. I, 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 no, I, I don't personally. I have a few phobias of flying and things like that. So uh, not short of a few phobias. But um, in terms of, of clowns, I think, um, I don't know. I guess it's just the, the idea that, um, you know, clowns are, the idea of clowns, obviously they look, you know, human form, human, you know, smiles, very, exaggerated expressions and i guess it's the same sort of thing it comes with you know ideas of what's creepy about dolls as well it's it's just it's almost life but not quite there's just something about them that's just not quite right and i guess perhaps it's the i don't know the, the fake smile the mm. the whole thing and along with obviously like you said things like the joker and all these other other sort of incarnations of, of of clowns that are anything but good i guess it all kind of works together to make a you know, a bit of a phobia for people, but I guess that's a question back for you. I mean, what is it about clans that uh, trigger a phobia for you? Well, there's two things. So number one, there's kind of like a false facade in regards to the clown. So the makeup is slapped on the face and you have the smiley face that kind of presents kind of like a, a pleasing kind of character or a silly character. But behind the makeup, you don't know, really know what's there. And um, what really kind of brought that home to me, I don't know 
if you ever heard of the um, American serial killer John Wayne Gacy. Gacy, um, yeah. So, of course, yeah. in his spare time, like in his community, he was like a pillar of his community and he used to dress up like a clown to like entertain the kids. And that really kind yeah. of brought home the kind of like the masked identity, you know, duality, good and evil, or the, the facade of good to cover the evil that I think some people have in regards to clowns. And what's interesting about your clown, though, in Jack is that he is clearly a kind of like a supernatural character, but there is a human kind of element in, in, in behind the door as shown in kind of like the, the prequel elements. Um, yeah. Do you foresee maybe a, a film in the future? Because this is a second film in the franchise and I imagine this film is just going to be successful, if not more, as more as the first. Do you foresee kind of like delving into more of that human element of, of the clown in the future, maybe kind of like a prequel movie? Absolutely. Um, the very first draft of this script was, was almost entirely prequel based. It's, it's, it's something that um, over time kind of moved away a little bit and became a more of a classic kind of sequel. But um, it's, uh, yeah, it's something I'd love to do. I'd love to kind of go back in time, see, because I, I don't want to give too much about away from about the, the story, but, um, you know, in the Jack in the Box Awakening, we we show how uh, a clown, you know, from from 200 years ago is, is tortured with this this uh, kind of curse this um, that begins with kind of in the mind, it kind of festers and it slowly takes over the body. And I'd love to go back and and show this character going through this, you know, this this transformation and and see, uh, you know, more of his story. I think that would be really, really good. Um, but uh, you know, it, there's there's often a demand with from distributors and things like that to kind of move the story forwards, often rather than backwards. So it, it's obviously something we would love to do, but we'd have to see kind of what the demand for the for the story would be. But um, yeah, I think one of those things is from the first film we would, you know, you, you release a character like Jack into the world and. You kind of wonder if he's if he's a demon. Why does he got such kind of human type features? So I was very keen to kind of explain the human backstory of him and and why he takes a certain form that he does. The, the thing that's really successful about the Jack in 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 your films is that it's not only the look we've talked about the facade, but it's also the movement in the sound of of yeah. of the character as well. Um, James Swanton plays um, Jack in, in um, Jack in the Box Awakening. When it comes to kind of like the movement of the character and the sound of the character, I don't know why, but I kind of get a, a think about the raptors from like Jurassic Park. Um, it's kind of yeah, like, kind of like yeah. a crane kind of like stalking, but like almost like a hunched jerking kind of thing to it as well. Is that Was that uh, an inspiration in regards to um, how you wanted your clown figure to, to present itself on screen as kind of like this stalking, praying, almost kind of like primal creature? Yeah, very very primal. I mean, not so much a dinosaur as kind of like a, as a reference point, but um, funny enough, in terms of the sound, let's say 50% of the sounds are James Swanton himself, who did a fantastic job uh, in the part, of course. Um, and now the other 50% are kind of modified dinosaur raptory type sounds, which uh, Fred Pearson, our amazing sound designer, used in mod modified to, to kind of fit the size of, of Jack's frame as opposed to a giant dinosaur. So um, it's a combination of the two. Maybe that's kind of where you're getting your kind of inclination of, uh, of, a, of a dinosaur type thing from. But um my conversations with James were, were focused around the idea of, of of a human being stuck in there somewhere, um, you know, almost like this kind of broken kind of skeleton, let's walk in skeleton within this demonic, you know, this demonic, you know, look. And we were very much focused on in terms of the movements of, of it being half creature, half man. And I mm. hope that comes across. And I guess that, you know, 
would be quite similar to uh, to what you're saying. But um, yeah, James James has got a fantastic way of moving. I've never seen anyone quite like it. And when we put out uh, a casting call, he, his his self tape of, of his movements was just unbelievable. And I've, I've never, like I said, seen anyone be able to move quite the same way he does. It kind of reminds me as well as um, uh, what Vincent D'Onofrio did with um, his character in Men in Black, where it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, a creature within, within kind of like a skin suit. Like the jerky movements aren't really kind of mm. anatomically correct in regards to what a human being is, or even though it does move kind of forward. Um, it's very interesting to watch, and I think that's part and parcel of what makes the character so effective is just watching that kind of that walk and that gauge and, and everything else in there as well. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by 80s Tees. 80s Tees is an online retailer of licensed t-shirts and pop culture gear from your favorite movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books, and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Founded in 2012, Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, produce interactive experiences in digital content, and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. Um, in regards to the film's location, I've read that this was filmed in a couple of different places. But what about that central manor, manor itself? Was that Northampton uh, where that was filmed? Yeah, yeah, both were in Northampton, which is uh, my home hometown uh, here in England. And... Uh, reason we filmed across two different ones is because uh, the story calls for a, a really grand set of gates and uh, our main interior location just didn't have the long driveway. I didn't have the the gates trapping them all in, which is why we filmed across two. But um, yeah, our main location was this incredible manor lost in the countryside of, of Northampton. And uh, it's always nice when uh, the main location is a 20 minute drive from your house. It's, uh, it's a nice little thing. <laughs> Um, and what about the, the the manor itself? Is that did you have to kind of is that empty? Do you is this, is for someone living there? Do you have to kind of get permission because it's pretty much almost kind of like a playground from which Jack kind of like uh, disposes of his victims? Yeah, I mean it's it's difficult because we we've done a number of films and and every time you go to a location like this that has very expensive you know furniture within, you've got to be very very careful. We filmed in museums, we filmed in all sorts of things, but this was actually someone's house. So, you know, you, you have to be very respectful. You have to be very understanding that uh, they want to go to bed at some point. <laughs> you know, so when you sort of film into the, the one, two o'clock in the mornings, that uh, it can be a little bit more tricky than if you've negotiated kind of a, an arrangement with a, a location where people aren't staying there for the night. <laughs> so it, it's, um, it brings its own set of challenges. But as a location, it was absolutely fantastic and it was perfect for the film. And uh, yeah, you've just you've just got to kind of adapt your way of working around the setting. You know, if, if, if it's somewhere that, like I said, a museum, it does seem to cause a lot less stress than if you're having to, you know, remember that uh, this is someone's home and uh, to keep the noise down at certain points and things like that. <laughs> any any temptation whatsoever to get James to dress like the Jack and scare the tenants in the house? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You'll never, I never forget the, the owners because obviously you describe what you're doing, but until you come down those stairs and you see James in his, in his full get up, you, you don't quite know what we're doing <laughs> and his face, he, he rents, he rents it out. You see to, to people on Airbnb and things like that. So I think he, I remember him saying, this is the strangest ever hire out we've ever done in our lives. <laughs> and that's, that's not surprising. Speaking about the get up, how long does it take for James to kind of like get that face on and in the costume and everything? Is it the, because um, the great thing about the movie is that practical effects is, is very much what it's about in this film. And I love, you know, I'm a big fan of, of talking uh, about practical effects and watching practical effects on screen. I, I imagine it takes some some time, though, to get the uh, the clown face on him. Do you know what? Believe it or not, it, it really doesn't. Um, Isabella Lata, who created the mask, did, did an incredible job. Um, we we discussed many different ways of doing it, whether it was a case of you know pieces or she she came up with um, an approach that was essentially just a one solid piece mask. Hmm. And um, the amazing thing about that is the application time is so so quick. Aside from kind of minor touches up here and there around the eyes and, and the teeth and things like that, and you know it's not an eight in eight hours in the chair job, nothing like that. You know Jack is ready to go within an hour, which is which is just as a filmmaker is a blessing because. Uh, you know, it must be agony for, for James, who does a lot of kind of creature work, to be sitting in chairs for, for many, many hours. And, and do you know what? People forget that after, you know, a long day of filming, people get to go home and, you know, we can go home that someone like James has to sit there in a chair and get it all taken off him. <laughs> Bless him. So, uh, no, I'm pleased to say on this one, it was actually pretty quick. And again, the costume was, was fairly simple to kind of a one piece. And the, the claws were stitched together to make a, a fairly easily slip on glove. So I'd like to think as creature costumes go, it was one of the easier ones that James will, will ever encounter. I have a, a theory that this year, or well, hopefully praying at least, that um, Halloween is going to come back in a big way because the hope is, of course, that, you know, all the stuff with the pandemic dies down by the time October mm. rolls around. Are you prepared for a number of the Jack costumes to be seen out there? As uh, by that time, you've had two movies out and that uh, would have been in a lot of markets and people, you know, clearly like the film and, and, and like the character. I, I'm braced. I'm ready. I'd love to see it. I mean, I, I get pictures sometimes and I, I get a lot of fan art and stuff like that, but uh to see one at my door would, would be amazing. It would be absolutely fantastic. And I can give notes on how accurate it is. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. So final question here. I, I also read that um, your next film is going to be a ghost story called The Ghost Within. What can you share about that so yes. far? Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, a bit silly of me to say because we were kind of keeping it a little bit under wraps and I went and mentioned it in the podcast. So uh, probably a bit silly, but um, it's quite early stages. Um, we're... We're going to film, it's it's a film, I'd say, in the same vein as things like Woman in Black, the others, classic mm. kind of English ghost story set in the countryside. And it's about a woman that um, goes back to a home that uh, her father was arrested for 30 years ago for the murder of her sister. But she's never quite bought, bought the, you know, the, the, tr the story that he was, he did it himself. So she goes back there and covers some secrets and, and the ghost of her sister comes back to to unveil some uh, some dark secrets so it's uh it should be a fun one and we're really looking forward to filming it uh, in the spring well i can't wait to see it and hopefully when it comes out lawrence you and i can can talk again until then everyone out there listening 
listening the Jack in the Box Awakening, available now on digital and video and demand. Please do check it out if you like your creepy clown uh, films in the vein of It and other movies as well. I really recommend that you check out the Jack in the Box Awakening. And Lawrence Fowler, congratulations with the success of your two films now. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what you uh, do in the future with The Ghost Within, and hopefully we can talk again when that comes out. Absolutely. Thanks so much, uh, Matt, and it's been great talking to you.